You're listening to the Built Shapes Podcast, presented by Midco Sports. If you're a UND fan but do not have Midco Cable, you can still stay in the game with Midco Sports Plus, our official streaming app. Watch Fighting Hawks games live or catch recent contests on demand, along with instant access to original programs like Day by Day and North Dakota Hockey Central. Get signed up for it all today at midcosportsplus.com. This is how we do sports, and this is the Built Shapes Podcast. All right, welcome to another edition of the Build Shaves Podcast. We're taping this on a Tuesday mid-morning, October the 19th. It's episode six of the new year, episode 98, Bill, in this four-season run. Alex Heiner, UND Athletics Director, Bill Shaves. Good to see you this morning on what, what honestly is a tough morning for the UND family. Uh, just, just some difficult news coming out last night involving the aviation department, Bill, and yeah, just go ahead. Your thoughts on what's going on over there? Yeah, you know, good morning, Alex. Um, yeah, pretty somber uh, for sure. If you're, uh, you know, kind of puts this pod a little bit in perspective. And uh, so our uh, our family members over in aviation uh, are uh, working through a really difficult time, as is the campus community. So uh, learned of a, um, a fatal uh, aircraft aircraft. Um, accident last night um and so working through the details of that and so uh um but just really really um you know sad situation for for all of us uh here uh literally obviously uh, on campus uh and uh and beyond and so uh and uh so yeah you know um i'll say this alex as we were working through um covid last year and i know we're still working through it to some degree but certainly working through the protocols um you know athletics and aviation became really tight um in so many ways because you know we were uh we were the two areas on campus that to function you can't physically distant you you just can't do it i mean uh, so so then the question becomes are you going to do what you do or not. And so we leaned on each other um, tremendously. And uh, I think in some ways it, it helped the university to understand how we were going to navigate this uh, when we got, you know, human interaction back on campus. So uh, sad morning for sure. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously the thoughts and prayers out to, uh, to the family and, uh, and to our, uh, to our, uh, our friends and family uh, over in aviation. It's, yeah, heartbreaking um, to see a student that is, you know, coming to UND to live out their dreams in this specific area. And obviously the aviation department's one of the crown jewels of the University of North Dakota and has done an unbelievable job over the years of helping people learn how to fly, literally. And so it's it's hard to see that this is, this can happen sometimes. But like you said, yes, our hearts are certainly with that family of the student that was killed last night. And we hope for, for healing for that whole group because that's a tight-knit group, just like the athletics department is. So tough way to start things uh, on a Tuesday morning here on October 19th. But we, um, we're going to talk a bit about sports, which don't seem to matter in this context. Um, but that's, that's what this pod is about. So we're going to press on through that and kind of talk about what really has been an eventful fortnight, Bill, since our last conversation 14 days ago, a ton of stuff going on with all the, all these different sports off and running now with, um, you know, the fall sports starting to wind down conference championships, really just around the corner for cross country. It's coming at the end of the month for soccer, which is at the beginning of next month. Volleyball is not that far off. And then hockey, of course, just getting going. And so a lot to get to. And maybe we'll start with, with hockey because they've obviously kicked off things with, with back-to-back weekends. And they're right in the mix with some big series coming up. Three and one so far for Bradbury's team coming off a, a split that really wasn't a split. And this is, this is one of the things that is unique about this year, especially with non-conference, how the pairwise, which was not a factor last year and has now been put into place this year, so North Dakota wins 4-3 on Friday night to Bemidji State. They lose in overtime 4-3 to BSU at home the following night. But it's it's a loss in their record, but not a true loss because it's it's more like a tie, essentially. BSU gets 55 percentage points of in the pairwise for that win, and North Dakota gets 45%. So it is a series win. We're going to call it a series win for UND over the weekend against the Beavers after sweeping Niagara. All in all, this this team looks good through a couple weeks of the season. What what have you made of the starts of the year, Bill? Yeah, so you hit a couple things there that I think <laughs> is really good for us to talk about. Um, needless to say, Calder's goal is a big, big goal, one. huge goal, uh, big goal. 
it's a big goal. I, I mean, I think Brad Schlossman has uh, done a really good job trying to explain this uh, to, to all of us to some degree. And, and this is something that we've discussed, um, you know, obviously prior to the year. And, uh, and Eric Martinson sits on uh, the, the National Rules Committee, uh, uh, represents uh, the NCHC, and, uh, and uh, obviously does a great job uh, here at UND and, and, and represents us as well. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we kind of went to this. Um, th here's, here's the good news, right? At least it's consistent across all of uh, college yes. hockey. I think that's right. Don't, don't you think like if you start there, you can debate whether you like it or not, but I'd like, at least there's consistency across because I think one of two things could, should happen. I think maybe there's maybe three things that, that jumped to me, what we're doing right now, then, or maybe you do a five on five, five minute, and if it ends, it ends, it's a tie, or you just do the premier soccer deal. It just is a tie. You, <laughs> you could. could do that too. It, mm -hmm. You could do that too. So, so there's ways to do things and you can debate which one you like the best. Um, at least there's consistency across the board. That's, you know what? I think that's where probably Josh Fenton has been to some degree is that we, we now at least everyone's playing by the same level playing field when it comes to the statistical analysis of the pairwise. It is nice that it's standardized and you don't have to worry so much about, well, what, what is this conference doing versus this conference? And these two conferences have three on three, but these conferences don't. And it's just that that makes things a lot simpler for sure. You mentioned Brad, by the way. Schloss had to explain it to me after the game. Like we were talking about it after the fact, and like you know what what even is the rule anymore? Because we weren't even sure on the broadcast. Because this is this is all new again, as it kind of has been for the last couple of years. But in any case, like you said, Ashton Calder scores a huge goal at the end of that second game with the extra attacker on as North Dakota was coming back from three one down. Uh, to push it into OT and it had a great chance to win it in the three on three. But uh, I mean, so far there were so many question marks about this team coming in 14 new guys, new goaltender, all these transfers, nine freshmen joining the team. Like who's, who's going to fill the shoes of all these all Americans and NHL players. Again, I mean, they've lost a number of guys that are already making an impact. Jasper Weatherby scored the other day in his NHL debut for San Jose and Shane Pinto's a third line center and Matt Kierstad's playing. And all these guys were huge contributors to this team How's it all going to come together? So far, it's coming together pretty well. This coaching staff has done a great job getting these guys up to speed and putting this team together. Yeah, and I think, the, you know, it's, uh, you know, part of the, uh, you know, allure of uh, why we follow what we follow. It's, it's exciting. It's, uh, it's part of the journey, right? And uh, schedule uh, really, really picks up here coming up. And, you know, it's just, it, it, you know, I think roles will continue to be defined and, you uh, you know, I think we're going to watch players just blossom right before our very eyes. And, uh, you know, you're just going to see a lot of different uh, things occur. So, uh, yeah, it's an exciting season for sure, especially when we're all, you know, wondering what's going to transpire. I think the funnest part about the first two weeks was coming into the year, everyone had the assumption that, you know what, they're going to be pretty good defensively. Like Zach Driscoll's a proven goaltender. Their decor should be great with Sanderson and Clevin and Frisch and, you know, Jandrick's a good transfer, etc. But the question was, who's going to score? And the fact that they are averaging essentially five goals a game. I mean, they've not scored less than three now in any of these contests so far. That's been a pleasant surprise how potent they have been offensively, especially against the Bemidji State team that is traditionally one of the tightest defenses in the country. That's a good sign now moving forward that that piece is already off and running. Yeah, I, I think the one uh, the one person as we started our year, so we're we're five games in, if you're including the exhibition, is uh, that has had, I think, a really emotionally tough start to the season. Is Zach mm. he had to play Bemidji three times, and so I think maybe his his season can now normalize a little bit, a little bit because. You think about it, all those guys have been in practice with him and, you know, we get to know all of everything about him. Now, all of a sudden, now he gets to go play teams that don't know as, so much about his style, if you will. And so uh, probably it's good that he, maybe the season's just beginning for him, I'll say. <laughs> you could tell he had, I don't want to say the weight of the world on his shoulders Friday night at the Sanford Center, but... You know, you take the ice and he had mentioned earlier in the week how weird it was going to be to be in the visitor's locker room. And you see 
familiar faces and the staff and people around just the facility that now like, you know, now I'm on the other side. How, how does this work? And there was a great scene. And Brad wrote about this in his article. I was there too. And we're just kind of watching him pregame. He's there on the bench, like doing, going through his pregame routine, just in his shorts and hoodie before anybody else is there. And as he's getting ready to walk back to the benches, there's a little fan wearing a, a beaver hoodie <laughs> comes over and gives him a little fist bump. And Zach has a couple of words for him and waves to him. And you could see the little boy run back up to his dad. They were like the first people in the house and like gave his dad a big hug and was like pointing. And like, you could tell how excited he was to see Zach again. And that was the only positive reinforcement Zach got all night from the Bemidji State crew. And the fans were on him all night. And the student section is right by the visiting goal for, you know, two of the three periods. And they were relentless the whole night, you know, shouting Driscoll, Driscoll. And that must, I mean, it, you know, and Bradbury talked about it after the fact, like he was so proud of Zach's mental state that he could focus in, play a great game, engineer a victory for his team, or at least help them in that regard. And then, yeah, to do it all again the next night. Like, I just can't imagine just, just the fact that he can now move on from that and start fresh with, as you said, some really big opponents, big time games coming up at Quinnipiac this weekend. They're at, they're number seven in the country, so six versus seven this weekend. Then a little, a little thing called the Hockey Hall of Fame game in Nashville against the good Penn State team that throws a ton of rubber at the net. And then you start NCHC play against Denver back at home the following week. It is really just, as you always expect in this season, just a gauntlet to go through. And now he can do so against teams who don't know his every move. It'll be a good thing for him and for this team moving forward. Yeah, I think you're right, Alex. I, I think, you know, you look at, you know, sport and what does it do and, and what can you learn from it? Obviously, you know, you're playing games, you're, you know, you're, you're with teammates and, uh, you know, figuring out how to play roles and, and all those types of things. But, but the other thing it does is uh, it provides adversity. And, uh, and that's what, you know, Zach had to go through. And so that will, you know, whether, of course, he wants to go on and play hockey as long as he can, but, you know, later on in life, you know, you're going to have adverse situations that you have to deal with. And, uh, you know, not many of us can say that they've had, you know, um, a crowd just on you. Uh, let's just call it for at least 40 minutes uh, hard <laughs> and then uh, probably in the entire 60. So at the end of the day, um, yeah, I, I, I just uh, proud of proud of the effort. And uh, we knew it was going to be, uh, you know, a, a difficult weekend like they all are. And so uh, so coming out of this, now we head to Hamden, Connecticut and uh, go play uh, Quinnipiac, which uh, they they play a really heavy style, too. They don't allow many goals and, uh, you know, um, should be uh, should be another kind of grinding weekend for sure. Yeah, Quinnipiac was an NCAA team a season ago. They won the they won a uh, the mini ECAC. Uh, there were there were only three other teams in that conference last year, but they were still the regular season champs. And and they have brought in a number of transfers, number of big time transfers back into that program as well to bolster what was an already pretty strong group. So a good test this weekend. UND fans, of course, will remember the last time North Dakota played Quinnipiac. There was a national championship trophy on the line, which North Dakota won back in Tampa back in 2016. So some fun memories coming back to see those yellow and navy sweaters going up against the Kelly green and white. So those games, by the way, this Saturday uh, and Friday, sorry, Friday and Saturday at six o'clock central time. Both of those games will be on ESPN plus. So if you're an ESPN plus subscriber, you can watch UND at Quinnipiac this weekend. Uh, and then I should say again, for the Nashville series, that game will be on Midco. Midco Sports is broadcasting that game. So uh, be sure to tune in if you're not making the trip down to Tennessee. 6.30 pregame on Saturday the 30th, 7 o'clock puck drop from Bridgestone Arena. We're two weeks away. The next time we pod, Bill, Nashville will be in our rearview mirror. Any update on everything that's going on with that weekend? Just just your your thoughts on what's going to come up here in two weeks. Jody and his crew have done such an awesome job with uh, with this, and uh, it, you're right. It, it's it's right around the corner now, and you know I, I do know that there's uh, I think Bridgestone seats seventeen thousand five hundred, and uh, Penn State got three hundred tickets, and so uh, so that's and it's sold out. So uh, we can only imagine um, what it's going to look like uh, that particular uh, <laughs> that particular evening. Um, you know, uh, with the uh, 
um, Predators playing at, uh, I think they're dropping the puck at 1230 on uh, on that Saturday. And just a lot of alumni type uh, events on Friday night. So that should be uh, that should be a lot of fun. And uh, now, you know what, I, I think we're in pretty good shape. I, I think we've, uh, you know, tried to communicate out all of the things that Bridgestone has uh, indicated as to what they want. Either you uh, show proof of vaccination um, and or you test 72 hours before the game. And so I think Jody's done a great job of uh, providing tests uh, at the Ralph um, uh, leading up to the game uh, on that Wednesday and that Thursday, even though the Wednesday, I would say this, the one, maybe the one thing to clarify, uh, as long as your test is as of that Wednesday, it's fine. Now it may, and I say 72 hours, it might be more than that, but as long as it's, it's dated on that Wednesday, you'll be in good shape. And so other than that, I think we're, we're excited, uh, you know, to, uh, to go down there. It's been uh, obviously a year later, but, uh, the folks in Nashville have been tremendous to work with. And so we're excited about it. It looks like the weather's going to be beautiful, 70 degrees, perfect in Music City next week. It's going to be a green town come Friday, Saturday. Uh, yeah, like you said, just people have been waiting for this for three years now, really, since this announcement was made. And it's going to be worth the wait. If my math is right, 17,200 people probably all wearing green. That's, that's exciting to think what that's going to look like in that building. Ah, <sighs> Can't wait. So that's coming up in two weeks. Quinnipiac this weekend for hockey. Football. This is a team that just continues to be right there and just seems to come up just one play short against these ranked teams three weeks in a row now that they have lost by a touchdown or less to ranked opposition. Uh, Back-to-back close road losses, just heartbreaking losses last week to South Dakota and then this past Saturday in Carbondale against Southern Illinois, 31-28 the final against the Salukis. I mean... You love the fight. I mean, this team was down early. It did not look great in the first quarter. It was 14 nothing, and it was 21-7. And Bubba's team does, has not given up a lick this season. And that was the case again Saturday. Just, just one or two plays short, Bill. Yeah, so I uh, I went with football, um, and uh, there's always a uh, you know this time of year is always a crossover uh, as to when and where I, I am right. I I mean I can't be two places at once at, at least at this stage. Yeah, I guess you could virtually uh, if you kind of pop on <laughs> Zoom wise. I guess I there's that, but physically physically it's hard to be in uh, in two locations at once. And so you know here's what I'm going to say, Alex, and the reason why I made that decision I never know what I'm doing in some ways week to week, depending on how things go. I felt it was a playoff game. It was a mid-year playoff game. And and then the more I thought about it is truly we've just played three straight playoff games. That's, that's what we've done. And we've been unfortunately one score on the, on the, on the tough side of the ledger at this point in time. And so uh, I was, uh, I was excited about the way we, I thought, um, handled the the situation uh, in Carbondale. They were excited. It was homecoming. They, uh, they, they've got one of their highest rankings in uh, certainly a long, long time. And they are coming off a huge win on the road. And so there were a lot of things pointing to a, a to making it a, a really difficult day for us. And I thought our guys played really, really well, had shots, right? Like, I mean, I had had chances and um, not one thing you could point to. It was just a collective. Um, if, if something went your way in this situation, we're getting on that flight with, with a big time win. And, and then we're thinking maybe differently this week, but it doesn't change what we have to do this upcoming week. You know, that sport again is about just figuring out how you can be your best version of your team that year. And we, we are, I, I think I got on that plane and I said this to Bubba and I said this to the coaches, that was the best um, that was the best we've played collectively as a unit at this point in time. And I still think the ceiling's higher. And so uh, but here's what I'll say. We've got another test uh, this week and against a Western Illinois team that has the ability to score points. There's no doubt about it. Um, they had the one game in Missoula that was eh, uh, n- not, not probably awesome for them, but they've scored, they, they score points. And so uh, we'll have our hands full, like we always do, but we're at home. We have to take full advantage of it, a homecoming crowd. And, uh, and I'll, Onyx, Alex, I, it just, it's one week at a time. 
it really is. It's one week at a time, one week at a time. And let's see what happens. Let's let's start stacking up good weekends. Just stacking up good days on good days, Bill. That's what we're trying to do. That's that's what all of us are trying to do right now. Uh, you mentioned the Southern game. Yeah, you're right. I, I agree with you. I think that, that was the most, if you take away kind of a tough start to the game, that was the best this UND team has looked, you know, in terms of offense, moving the football, defense getting stops, good pressure, forcing turnovers, you know, moving the sticks. It, both sides of the ball played pretty complimentary football in that game. And it was just too bad. A couple couple trips into the red zone that didn't result in points that North Dakota wishes they could have found a way to either get three or get six on the board. And one busted coverage in the second half really was essentially the difference a little bit in the game. There was one long run that SIU had that set up a late field goal and then the one big 58-yard pass play. And that was it. Defense Defensively, they locked things down and made some great adjustments. So it's just a matter of, like talking to the guys, the guys said the same thing yesterday in our day-by-day interviews, just saying, hey, we really rallied together as a team and there was a ton of belief at halftime and belief as the game went on that we were going to win that football game. And even though they've lost now three in a row and it'd be easy to maybe hang your head a little bit, that team is still really up. I think they were still really proud of how they fought and hung in there and fought for each other. And now they get a chance to do so again right from the start. Against the Western team, as you said, that is the best passing offense in the conference and put up, what, 56 against Eastern Washington and has the proclivity to get on a roll with Connor Sampson at quarterback and all these great receivers. They don't, great, they don't do a great job on the defensive ends, but they are an explosive offense, and that's something that UND will have to contend with this weekend at 2 o'clock. But a great chance, like you said, to get back on the ledger against the Western team that is dangerous at home this weekend. Yeah, I mean, every year, I, I mean, certainly you've got to play the schedule and, uh, and, and you you also, each team is its own and it evolves, you know, based on who's available, who's not available, who, who you know, and, and you know, I, I say this with uh, – you know, some of our, um, some of our players that maybe lot, maybe film is on them now. So now they have to readjust to what teams are doing against them. And so it's a chess match, right? It's, it's all a chess match. And so, uh, but I thought we went there, um, and you know, but for a couple of plays here and there, I mean, we're on the other side of the ledger, but again, I, I mean, certainly we weren't got it. Okay. Understand it. So we got to figure out how to kind of protect the Alara center this week and just, just give ourselves a chance. That's all. I mean, I, you know, I'm not even looking that far ahead. You know, I, I, I just, let's have another good week this week. I mean, and I thought Isaiah Smith's, uh, you know, day was, was very good, but I thought our offensive line did a great job kind of, uh, you know, giving him some, uh, some seams and, and he went through them, which was awesome. And so, uh, you know, to, to, to run the ball a little bit, Quincy, uh, gave us a little bit of a jolt too. Um, you know, I think without his, uh, you know, his coming into the game and, and, and kind of changing the dynamic a little bit, I thought that was important. And I think that's important moving forward too. And I, I think you can, you know, have a two quarterback system to some degree, especially if they're very different from each other, which, you know, today they, they are, you know, maybe tomorrow uh, they, they won't be as much, but, but today they seem to be. Three of the next four for North Dakota are at home. There's a great chance now this weekend to kind of get a little bit of a roll going. And there's a tough trip to Missouri State in there. And these are all good teams, Youngstown and Illinois State, et cetera. You finish at South Dakota State. Like, it's not an easy road, of course. But you got to take it one week at a time, as you said. Great opportunity this weekend to snap that current three-game losing skid, get back to three and four, pick up a conference win, and then see what happens from there. But the, the big thing, see, will be – I was really impressed. You mentioned Isaiah Smith. This team as a whole is in a great job of stepping up when guys have gotten hurt this season. There are so many key guys, captains on this team, and guys who were multi-year starters that have missed time or are currently out because of various things. And there's not been a big drop-off. And I think in years past, if you even go back to 2017 when North Dakota, they were coming off a Big Sky Championship, had this great season. They start losing guys, and and the drop-off to sort of the twos and threes was pretty severe, and they just couldn't overcome some of those things. This team is facing a similar injury crisis, and they've dealt with it really well. And that's a credit to the coaching staff for for coaching the guys up and for the players for buying in and having that mentality. When my number gets called, I got to be ready, and they have been. Yeah, I think, you know, whatever you want to call it, depth obviously is is a, is a good word. But I think guys that we don't know the names of truly at this point, but I think the coaches know what they've been doing in practice. And um, 
I think you're, you're seeing the program kind of turn that corner a little bit where you need that depth. That's, that's going to be the difference between you, uh, you know, sustaining a physical year. And so, uh, you know, obviously if you have too many and certainly a, a certain position or a very key person, I mean, I, if you told me, you know, Eastern, is not going to play without Eric Berrier this week. My guess is they're going to be a different team. So, so at the end of the day, I, I, there's going to be some that would be hard. But you know, Isaiah is a perfect example. I mean, you know, he kind of just slotted in, and uh, and and away we go. And so uh, that's that's a good sign. That's a good sign of a healthy program. And so uh, now we're in a league. We know we're going to get multiple bids. The question is, can you get to a place in the standings that gives you a chance to be one of those teams that? potentially could get a bid and and it, it, we're not even halfway through the season at this point in the league so we just have to you know i mean we're, we just got to go go play a really really good sound game on saturday five games left starts this weekend against western again two o'clock live at the alara center or live on midco sports should be a fun one and a chance for you and to get back on track a lot of other action going on around the rest of fall sports. I want to talk about cross country, who now just has one meet left in their mm-hmm. in their season, really, before the regionals, et cetera. They go down to Texas this past weekend at Texas A&M. The women finished ninth out of 33 teams, a lot of big-time programs down there. The men finished 19th out of 32. A lot of individuals that placed highly, like beating some of the top kids in the country. That program, Bill, just continues to make waves in these opportunities. And now they find themselves two weeks away from the Summer League Championships in Tulsa, feeling like they got a great shot to, to do something special, perhaps, down there at Oral Roberts. Yeah, kudos to Kyle. He's done such a great job. Uh, you know, and again, I I think we've just uh, talked about, you know, next person up mentality. I mean, uh, you know, that's what's transpired. And with Coach Camp here, I think, you know, they've made the decision to some degree, hey, uh, you know, let's let's keep this thing going a little bit. He can, uh, you know, get his assistant coaches rolling a little bit and then, you know, be back with with a, a lot of our other, uh, you know, track uh, student athletes. And uh, in, in so Kyle's done a fantastic job. I thought that this particular meet was a really good one for us because we got out of region and you can get caught up seeing the same schools over and over again. And Hey, you're a competitor. It's nice to get, you know, new competition, so to speak. It's no different, right. than when you're practicing against yourselves all the time. And so at the end of the day, I think that's what you saw a little bit. And, and the other thing that I liked is we kind of were in the region that where the cross country championships are going to be in Tulsa. And so mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I, I thought, thought there were some, some really some good benefits as to what transpired this past week, get on a flight. It was almost a, a really good dress rehearsal for what's going to be coming up. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. And this is a, a women's and men's teams that have beaten some of our teams in the summer league this season, head to head. Some of the top teams, South Dakota state, North Dakota state teams that traditionally are first or second in the conference. That's going to give them some confidence now moving forward. And to your point as well, going down there, it was a nice day, beautiful weather down at college station, um, I think according to the report, it was a, uh, a brisk pace. <laughs> it was some kind of a, kind of a moist track. And I think it sounded like almost all of our men and women set new personal records down there. You would love to have that sort of a feel around your team heading into the biggest meet of the year that's coming up. So well done to this group. Uh, Alyssa Peterson was 19th out of that group to, to lead the women. Uh, Patrick Kipkemboy, who's got a Summit League championship to defend now, he was the top men's finisher as well in the top 50 out of, again, we're talking 200, 300 people, and you're finishing up near the top against a lot of people from the SEC and the Big 12, et cetera. So this is, this is a good sign for this team, which was picked to finish, both the men and women picked to finish fourth preseason. There's a pretty good chance that I might be finishing a little higher than that in a couple of weeks down in Tulsa. Yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll right? See, we'll I mean, see. It, we'll see. You, you, it's, you gotta, it, you know, as Kyle, because I've spent, you know, obviously a lot of time talking to Kyle about this. You know, even when we went to the to to the Griac, you know, we and again, I, I just you know, inside baseball, we're, that's the reason why we pod here is, you know, we had some, some illness, some, some folks that weren't feeling great that day. And I, you know, I, and again, you could just think, think about it. If you wake up and you're not feeling great, I, I'm not sure the, the one thing you want to do is go run. I mean, I, I'm not sure that's what, that's probably not on your list to do, right? Especially running an 8k. I mean, are the, no, thanks. <laughs> give me a, give me a cup of soup and a blanket. I don't, right, you might yeah. run to the couch. <laughs> 
So, so, you know, I, but, uh, you know, and again, um, you know, but that's the reason why, you know, you have the season, all that stuff. I, 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 but I thought that the scheduling was good. Um, And then, yeah. And let's face it, it gives you a little bit of confidence going in, in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, we're excited about and see where these teams finish. And you're right. Yeah, I mean, of course, you, you're picked fourth. You, you want to better that. But, hey, who knows? Let's have a great day. Yeah, should be fun. Summer League Championships coming up on the 30th. Just another fun thing that's happening on that day. Football at Missouri State. Hockey in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena. Summer League Cross Country Championships in Tulsa. Big day, October 30th, coming up here in about a week and a half. Let's go. Halloween the next day. It's great. <laughs> Hopefully there are more treats than tricks for us here on, on Halloween's Eve. Uh, when you look elsewhere around the rest of UND athletics, uh, volleyball and women's soccer, two programs that had a lot of potential going into the season, both kind of mired in many losing streaks right now. Um, the soccer team with a couple of tough defeats against the two South Dakota schools on the road, one nothing at USD this past week, 2 nothing against South Dakota State. Still a couple of games left in the regular season to maybe chip away and move up the standings and finish top four to make it to the Summit League Championships in Denver on the 4th of November. But obviously, Chris Logan said it, a couple tough losses in in which they played great, just one mistake at the back, and then not enough offense moving forward, and they don't get the result they were looking for. Yeah, uh, a couple of weeks ago when um, uh, we were playing in Vermilion football, I I hung back and and, uh, watched you. Uh, with hockey and then uh, and then got got uh, in the car the next morning and went and watched us in Fargo Um, you know and that was a tight game too and uh, you know sometimes certain sports um, in some ways can be unfair with results not maybe not all the time but but it's at some point certainly soccer um, sometimes you can control the ball and, and kind of dominate in some ways but but you got to score. Right. And so, uh, and then a late goal there, but you know, I, uh, you know, this past week weekend, we started seven freshmen. And so, uh, it was a, um, interesting w- when you start seven freshmen, talk about our hockey team with all those freshmen. Right. And so, um, you know, y- you're going to have to figure it out in a tough summit league. And, um, these are the, exp- these are the times where you get the experience and, uh, so, yeah, I, I think Chris is incredibly optimistic, though, about certainly the future, but we still have uh, matches to play here, uh, and we've got to uh, figure out ways to uh, scratch out some points. Yeah, matches to play at Grand Forks at Bronson Field coming up this week. Again, Denver coming up on the 22nd at 3 o'clock. Omaha coming up on the 24th at 1. So two more home games last home weekend of the season this weekend before they have a couple of road games to finish out Summit League play. They're 1-4 right now, but... Obviously, Denver will be a tough game. They're traditionally one of the top teams in the league. They won the regular season title last year. But North Dakota's played Denver close in recent seasons and nearly took a game off them in the Summit League tournament a couple of years ago. If you can find a way to grind out a result, whether it be a tie or a late win, et cetera, uh, you can get yourself back on track and maybe find a spot for yourself in the top four to move on to the Summit League championships. So we'll see. That NDSU game was a heartbreaker, by the way. Bison scored early. North Dakota got a goal to tie it at one. They almost, I mean, was it 54 seconds left? And NDSU gets a, gets, gets one back to get the two, one win. Like those, those just kill you as a soccer fan or player or coach, et cetera. You're almost there, almost to the finish line. And just the twist at the end doesn't go your way. Yeah. The, uh, you know, the way it played itself out, we were, it felt as if um, it was a matter of time before we were going to kind of put one away and, and, and finish it, but they did a great job on a counter. And, um, you know, it was kind of, I'll call it maybe a one and a half on one, maybe a two on one, but there was enough there that the defender had to, you know, think through where's this going to go and give, uh, give NDSU's uh, um, player credit. She, 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 you know, made a tough shot. And so, uh, you know, that's sometimes how it goes. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate in some ways, you know, we were pushing, we were, we were on the front foot, so to speak. Right. And, and we were, we were pushing to, to, to try to win that match. And, uh, they just, uh, they countered and, uh, and, and sure enough, we've seen that before, uh, you know, uh, that, that can happen in that sport. Yeah, no, for sure. Now let's give North Dakota credit on the road. A lot of teams would have just, Parked the bus and been happy with the 1-1, you know, and, and gone back home with the, to make that effort to try and get the goal. That just shows the mentality of this group. And it's been like that since Chris has been in charge of the program now. That This is a team that's not going to sit back and settle. But they want to win. And 
sometimes that happens. But again, a couple big games home this weekend at Bronson, Denver uh, on the 22nd and three, Omaha on the 24th at one. Be sure to get out and support that team as they finish out senior weekend and the final portion of their home season this weekend. Volleyball, meanwhile, a couple of tough ones. Again, speaking of NDSU, they went on the road to the Benson Bunker Fieldhouse down in Fargo and they lost in three. Uh, they're still looking for their first Summit League win. Obviously, the big volleyball news took place last week um, with the decision to put Jeremiah Tiffin on administrative leave for a bit. Uh, there's a release. I know you. there's nothing that's really new to say right now with yeah, that situation. Yeah, you know, just- uh, for sure. Uh, it's obviously been a tough season on the court. No question about that. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we, we put out a release last week, and I think that probably speaks for itself at, at this stage of the game. And, uh, you know, obviously, when we know more, obviously, we'll, uh, we'll go, uh, you know, down that path. Aaron Green, longtime assistant who's been with the program as a player first in the late 2000s and then as a coach starting in 2012. Um, she and Steve Reinfleisch, who's now in his third season, those two are leading the way now for this group as they get set to continue on uh, with Summit League play. A couple of road games at Kansas City on the 21st and at Oral Roberts on the 23rd as they still look to grind out their first Summit League victory of the season. You know, it's one of those things you, you kind of get in that spiral of, of having a difficult time getting over the line and losing some close matches in five and pushing teams, you know, but not necessarily getting the set win. And then you lose in three or four. It just takes one, though. You just have to have one win or one great performance and you can find yourself turning things back around. And this volleyball team still loves playing with each other. They still like each other. They're getting along. They're fighting for each other. It just hasn't necessarily translated on the scoreboard yet this year. And, and that's too bad for a really good group of girls. Yeah, we, uh, you know, uh, certainly not how anyone drew it up for sure. And uh, sometimes you get put uh, in a situation where you got to try to continue to fight through and uh, and find a way to break through. And so uh, that's what this team's trying to do and, and, and try to finish as, as strong as we can, you know, for uh, for the program's sake uh, and uh, and then try to uh, build back, uh, you know, this program to where it was uh, just a few years ago. Yeah, not too far removed from back-to-back NCAA tournament appearances in 2016 and 2017. That's what this program can do. And you just hope, again, that, that drive continues to finish this season strong so you can carry that over into next year and try and put that, uh, that program back on track. Uh, last thing on the, the runaround today, golf has been busy and they're finishing up their fall portion of their season. The women are getting set to go down to Flagstaff, Arizona this coming week on the 25th and 26th. The men go into North Carolina the 24th through the 26th. What's the word on golf right now, Bill, as they wrap up this particular season of their year? Yeah, you know, so golf is always an interesting sport where uh, you've got um, X amount of tournaments you have to play throughout the year, but you can use both the fall and the spring. And so uh, I think both coaches, you know, uh, both Travis and Todd are, 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 are trying to evaluate the program uh, using the fall. Um, as to really see where we are in, uh, in, in competition and then uh, head into the winter, right, and, and, uh, and get to a point so that you can kind of turn it back into the spring and, and get it rolling once, once you get here. So, uh, you know, I, I, interestingly, once, um, once we kind of do this uh, where we have some events, I don't see those coaches too, too much at this point in time where, where I will all get my evaluation is honestly once the fall concludes and then we've got mm-hmm. that little time and then I'll sit with both of them and just say, hey, where, you know, where are we at this stage of the game? Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm sure fun conversation to kind of catch up and see what's going on after a couple of meets and pick their brain a little bit on the new crop of golfers on both those sides. So best of luck to both the men and women uh, in beautiful destinations coming up at the start of early next week as they finish up their fall season. Anything else for you, Bill, from an NCAA or UND perspective you want to chat about? Yeah, just a quickie. Uh, so homecoming weekend. Um, and yes. Welcome, welcome back to all of our alums that are coming back. And and certainly we follow it. It almost kind of conclude the weekend with the football game at, at two o'clock. That's that's probably I'll call it our role this year, because in normal I'll call it normal years, we've had Hall of Fame. Uh, the night before. And so this year, um, you know, we moved it a couple of weeks ago uh, that we had it. And so, I, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, Alex, you know, we're having some conversations. I, I almost liked it. Like the hall of fame that was maybe outside of this week. There's so much going on on campus that maybe having that particular weekend, the way it is makes sense, but it's all relative to our schedules too. So the last thing I'll say is 
On Saturday at 9.30 at the Betty, you can go uh, meet both the basketball teams. So That's right, yes. Yeah, there's going to be, you know, and, and we kind of tried to figure out, you know, we're, we're sort of evolving in this, uh, you know, space. I, I think at some stage of the game back, we can all remember kind of Midnight Madness and all that rot. And, you know, it, it, I, I, think we're so, I, so, I think we're sort of, I think we're sort of, um, evolving that's what i will say and i think you know in this case scenario i think it was a really good decision by uh, our coaches and our external group to to kind of say hey l- let's give folks an opportunity to pop into the betty if they so choose watch a little bit of practice see what we have we've got new faces on both both uh, rosters and so what a great opportunity on saturday prior to uh potentially pulling up and and doing some tailgating and uh and cheering uh cheering our football team on yeah, a great idea. And that's, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, I had a chance to check out men's and women's practice this weekend. We have a big Summit League preview show coming up for basketball on Midco next week, I believe, end of last week of October, um, where we'll kind of break down both of those races for, for championships. And obviously, you know, the men and the women both picked sort of towards the, the middle or the bottom um, yep. just because so many new faces. The men have nine new players. They're going to replace a number of starters. The women have eight new faces in that program as well. And it was funny watching practice and you are kind of looking at your <laughs> looking at your roster and like just trying to put names with faces and like, oh, this is the kid from, oh, this is the Juco kid. Oh, this is the kid from Chicago. Okay, this is the kid from, mm-hmm. and it was really funny to, to go through that cadence again because we've been doing it with all these teams. It was the same thing for hockey, same thing a bit for volleyball too, like so many new faces. And that's not unique, of course, to North Dakota this year because of everything that happened last year with the transfer portal and the extra COVID year. But it does, in a sense make it a little bit a little bit fun in a different way you've got this whole new team to learn as a fan as a as an announcer as a broadcaster it's enjoyable for me to get to know these kids stories and you get a chance to tell the stories and help people get to know this group and it'll be the same way yep with Mallory Bernhard now going into her her second year as head coach but her first year without the interim tag and for Paul say their year three those those two are phenomenal and it is so much fun to hear their enthusiasm for this group of, of, of men and women on their respective teams. It's going to be a fun year. And you know what? We have some home games this year. We have some big non-conference home games that are going to get started in November. How about that? That's going to be fun. It's, I'm really excited for basketball this season. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, you know, it seems like that's the refrain, isn't it, with all of our programs, like new faces all around, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? And and so, uh, and you're right, uh, you know, it just, I think a lot gets lost in uh, what's happened over the last, you know, 12 to 18 months, but the transfer portal for certainly five sports, um, you know, it, it has, has um, redefined kind of how rosters are being set on an annual basis. Many sports have lived through this before, but, but in certainly those sports, yeah, I think there'll be a normalizing again at some point in time. But right now for us, you're correct. I mean, there was a point, if we recall back, like at the conclusion of the basketball season, it was kind of like to some degree that the pendulum swung out and then here comes all of our student athletes in. And so, uh, but I think on both sides, it's going to be very, very interesting. And, you know, I, I think Paul and Mal both feel the same way is that um, they're excited about the talent that's inside uh, the Betty. Uh, the question is, you know, how is it all going to come together? And, uh, you know, what can we do to be, uh, um, I, you know, what's the style we're going to present to others in the Summit League? That That's going to be interesting. And uh, um, it, it, it is exciting. I talked to a couple of the players um, for that preview and Ben Tupanoam, who's now back for his fifth year, mentioned, I asked like how, you know, what do you think of some of the new guys and how's this team coming together? And he, he looked at me and kind of smiled and says, we got some ballers. We got some ballers on this team. So he's pretty enthusiastic about their chances this year. And then Olivia Lane, same thing. She just said like that it's been fun to see this influx of new talent and girls coming from different places with different ideas and different styles. And she said like, it just feels like we're really coming together really well. And that's, those are good things to hear from two of the, two, two of the leaders on those respective teams. Yeah. So exhibition play starts, by the way, November 1st, men have an exhibition game at home against Mayville. The women have one later that week, November the 4th against Crookston. It's just around the corner, just a couple of weeks away and hoops will be underway. Throw another couple sports in there, Bill. Why not? That, that's exactly it's exciting it really is I, and you know alex i, I i'll say this is um you know we're in a different spot than when we were potting last year right we were wondering if we were playing games what, what's happened now is it feels like 
there's just not been many games missed at this point. It's just a matter of who potentially is, is playing that night. And we saw it with the Red Sox in, in, in late August and September. Truly, they went through a cycle where literally you didn't know who was going to play that night. That's the one That's the one thing yep, that is still sort of looming, who, who's maybe unavailable um, because of a, a positive test, or et cetera. But um, there, yeah, like you said, you could count on one hand, really, this fall of times when you've seen games get called off we saw that in hockey this past weekend long island had to cancel a series but those are those games are going to be made up like i think that's also the difference between last year and this year there is that sense that hopefully if if scheduling wise things work out you can still circle back to some of these games it's not like they're done and then you're done for like three or four weeks in a row even looking at like western illinois football schedule in preparation for that game this weekend you know they they finished the season with a couple of weeks where they were supposed to play where they just didn't. And you forget that North Dakota had, what, three weekends in a row where they were supposed mm-hmm. to play, and those games just get wiped out. It's nice to see those things not happen this time around. And that's yeah. credit to, again, people being smarter about things, more vaccines out there. It's just all making for a much more normal feeling in this fall and hopefully continuing on through the winter and spring. No question. No question. So uh, lots of exciting uh, crossover time of year for sure as, uh, as hoops gets going. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, can't wait. Just October, November. It's a fun time to be a sports fan here if you are a University of North Dakota fan, which you probably are if you're listening to this podcast. Bill mentioned the Red Sox. We got to flip over to the B side. Ten, ten good minutes of Red Sox talk before we got to go. This bill has been an eventful two weeks. As Boston Red Sox fans, we potted last time the morning of the play-in game between Boston and New York. My, how things have changed (laughs) since then. You go from being on the cusp of not making the playoffs and losing to your most hated rival to now being, dare I say it, two wins away from the World Series. How have you experienced the last two weeks of Red Sox baseball? Yeah, it's been... uh... You know, playoff baseball is interesting. I think uh, <laughs> I can't I can't remember what year it was. You're you're way better than I am with years. But it was the year that the Red Sox lost to the Indians, and and, and Francona rolled Andrew Miller out like in the fourth inning, and it like stunned us. And like I think from that moment on, baseball in the playoffs is really about just managing outs in so many ways. I mean, if you can get your starter as Cora will say to 15, then you kind of mix and match your way out. And, uh, but, but the hook is pretty quick. Um, and it doesn't matter who you are to some degree, right? Like, so, uh, it's fascinating. So now the way it's all played itself out now, it could get left on you pretty quick. Um, and who knows how it all works out, but, Given um, the fact that once the Red Sox, you know, did a pretty good job with the Yankees, really the game was, uh, that was about as low stress of a, of a one gamer that mm-hmm. you're probably going to have, right? Had, obviously you had the Aaron Judge getting thrown out at home, which was probably the deciding factor if they were going to make a run at all. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, you played a Tampa team that, um, you know, gee whiz, uh, was so awesome during the year, but boy, the Red Sox did a great job. Fenway's been hopping. Mm-hmm. Um, home field has been a big, big, big deal. And, uh, and now you're playing a Houston team that, you know, going into the series, McCullers can't go. And, uh, you know, they're trying to figure it out right now from a pitching standpoint. And, uh, you know, as we're recording this on the Tuesday, uh, Tuesday morning, it, you know, it's a two, one Red Sox lead and they're hitting the ball unbelievably. They've just got to keep it going. I mean, cause we all know, as we talked about momentum, momentum goes both ways. And so right now you got to take full advantage of it. The bats have been unconscious three grand slams in the first, well, in the last two games, I guess, game two and game three for this Red Sox offense. What a far cry from the first game of the Rays series where they were shut out. <laughs> it looks like, well, this was this was nice. This will be a short stay in the playoffs. And they've lost one game since. And they have just been, Kike Hernandez has been unbelievable. Batting 500 in the postseason and breaking all kinds of Red Sox records. And he still has at least, I mean, at least two or three or five or six games. I mean, he's going to be playing postseason baseball for a while this season. And he's already yeah. setting records for most home runs, most extra base hits. It just seems like they have built strength on strength on strength. They they went from a team that really struggled at the plate at different times this season to now a team that just can't miss. 
It's a it's a beach. It's like a beach ball coming at those guys. It's awesome. Kyle Schorber's been great. Yeah. Uh, his his plate discipline, I think, has resonated throughout that lineup. I I do believe that's one. And then two, you know, last night's Grand Slam, um, walks are a killer. Uh, you know, I I mean, two guys are on base because of walks and. Once you get into that pattern a little bit, where you're starting to either nibble or 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 you just can't you can't find it, um, that's a tough one. And then all of a sudden, hits start coming, and uh, and teams again, the momentum is tough to stop. And then you really can't make up. Really, you got what six innings from from uh, Erod, and then uh, and then what you had Sawamora, Robles, and Perez. I mean. I, I mean, you're going into tonight with Pavetta, which I'm not even sure that guy, he's just going to be all kinds of fired <laughs> up. And then, uh, and then you've got a full bullpen and uh, you got to take full advantage. These are the opportunities and you, you got to try to close it as best as you can. Of course, they're going to try to, but you really got to, because then you can reset again, because I, I think the Dodgers, they're going to win a few in LA. That's not going to be a sweep. Yeah. That's a two nothing right now. Atlanta won both of those games at, whatever they're calling their new ballpark. I don't even know. AT&T Stadium? Out of Coca- I don't even know. Folsom, <laughs> Folsom County Fieldhouse. But um, but yeah, you got to think that that series is going to go six or seven, probably. LA's way too good to lay down like that. But again, a lot of work left to do. It's an Astros team that can get hot anytime. And you have to continue riding this wave. You mentioned the Fenway crowd, by the way. I It was unbelievable to see everybody on their feet last night from the start, essentially for the whole game. There was a moment, I think, in the top of the first when it was a 3-2 count. I didn't, it might have been Altuve, one of, the early, one of the first three batters that Erod faced. And everybody's on their feet. And I didn't really see them sit down after that. All the way through the maybe the third or fourth inning when the game sort of became out of reach. That was an incredible atmosphere in Fenway Park last night. It reminded me of Newcastle United for about five minutes. <laughs> Just with just with drastically different results of the product on the field. But for five so minutes, yeah, yes. For five minutes, the, it was okay. The Toon Army and Red Sox Nation, not often compared to each other. But in this case, yeah, I think that's an apt comparison. Sure. I'll tell you what, it's been, um, obviously playing the Yankees makes a difference. But that, I, I think there's just a confluence of things going on. People just really valuing and dying, getting back into, you know, atmospheres like this. And regardless of whether or not you win or lose a game, I, I, you know, I was not, not, at the Ralph on Saturday, I was on a flight back um, from Carbondale, or I should say Marion, actually, um, which is really probably for another pod. It, we could talk about traveling, but the bottom line is when, when you have not been at a place, it, 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 it makes a difference, like getting through a cycle. And, 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 and it's underrated to some degree because until you've kind of done it and then it doesn't become a thing because you've done it so many times, it is a thing if you haven't been there before. So yeah, flying back, um, watch the first two periods before we were wheels up and uh, uh, was hoping, hoping that uh, clicking my phone back on when we landed, uh, the result would be whatever, you know, was looking for obviously the the left side. Um, But the elation, I think in, uh, Ashton Calder's goal, you know, even though we end up losing or tying, sort of tie, lose the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called anymore. <laughs> we have to come up with a term. I, I mean, we, it's a, it's not a sheer loss mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily a sheer tie, mm-hmm. but it's something. It's like brunch. <laughs> yes. That's the, yes. I love so it. we did, we had brunch. So, we had, so we had at the end of the Bemidji day, on Saturday, yes. we had brunch with Bemidji. Correct. So at the end of the day, because we had brunch with Bemidji, um, I just think Fenway is just yearning. And I think a lot of our crowds are yearning for those experiences. Don't you? No, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. You can tell there's, there's a reason why so many of these games have been sold out, why there is such a, a fervor to get into the building. Like you want to be in the building to experience this again after missing it for 18 months. I mean, since, since March of 2020, the last time we had this, it's special to be a part of those things. And don't forget, you know, we were going on this role where, and, it, and we're still there, obviously, technology so good that it was always, why would you go to the game? 
why would you go to the game? You know why you go to the game? Because of community, yeah. right? Because of a communal experience. And, you know, I, 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 I got off uh, and when I put my phone on, I saw the text from my son who was in the student section and said, I, 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 I jumped, you know, I got to jumped over my chair when, 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 when Ashton <laughs> scored. And it was like, you know, that's what you, you know, that's what you'll remember. Right. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure how many times you'll remember sitting on the couch and maybe doing whatever, but I think you'll remember those experiences. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I, the great thing too, about the end of that North Dakota Bemidji state game and regulation, like the crowd was willing that goal. UND had some great chances. They put the extra attacker on with about two minutes left and were pushing, pushing. And the crowd was just urging them on. And that great relationship between arena and the people on the ice or the field, et cetera, that's a real thing. And when you have come close and, and you want it so bad for the guys, and then when you get that goal, that's right. It was like that moment of people flying over the, each other and hugging it in delirium. And it's just a regular season game and it just ended into overtime. But you want those moments so bad. And it was awesome that North Dakota could deliver and that the fans delivered in turn. It, it was a really special night on Saturday. Yeah. And so back to, you know, uh, Pavetta with, with him on the mound and coming out of the pen and, you know, you don't, baseball's not necessarily the sport where it's like, complete fist pump and getting the crowd going and getting them wild or whatever. And he just did. And so I, I do look forward to seeing yeah. what's going to hit the mound. I'm, I'm not sure. He, like right now, I, I wonder what Nick's doing right now. I mean, he's oh probably, he, he's in his, he's somewhere right now and he's ready drinking red bull and pacing probably at he's, this point. he's ready to go he hasn't pitched since then i don't think no not since that the end of that race series yeah that's it's uh it'll be fun to see i hope he's got his stuff tonight because if he does it's going to be another electric night at fenway by the way last thing what a what a difference from his style to erod who just looks like he's out there just having a stroll you know and I know we had a little taunting issue last night or whatever, but for the most part, like that guy's as cool as a cucumber and Pavetta is the, the rah, rah, let's, let's get it going guys. He's the Pete Weber of major league baseball. There you go. There you go. <laughs> if we've got new Newcastle United references and Pete Weber, I think we're good. All right. <laughs> right la, la, last thing, last thing. So talking about Erod, as they said, 28 years old, lefty, however it goes, what are we doing with them? Free agent, free agent. I think it depends how the rest of the postseason goes, you know, how, how this how this plays out as a team, how he does. That'll make a big difference in whether or not he's back with Boston or he gets a big deal someplace else or if it's worth to bring him back. I, great story. Awesome. Him coming back from all the issues yeah. he had last year with con- contracting COVID, having the heart problem, having yeah. to shut it down for the entire season. I mean, he looked phenomenal last night, but yeah. we'll, we'll see if, if that continues on now through October and into November, hopefully. We've seen a lot of Erod starts. I, I, I think there's going to be uh, there'll be a number, and if it exceeds it, I think uh, you, you know he'll, you'll see him on another team. Yeah, that would sure. be my my guess, unless he just enjoys where he's at right now, and that could be part of it too. I do think he likes playing for Cora, and I, I, so there's that too. And I think uh, you know the, this whole this whole postseason to some degree might excite him to want to stay there too. That's the hope. That's what you got to hope for, that this would be enough to captivate him to come back if if he wants to and if the number's right. Uh, Bloom seems like a guy who would say, we're good if that number exceeds a certain amount and then we can we can start anew, get some younger guys, cheaper guys. That would be the model. So, I, I, I think you're right. I, th- I mean, I, I, it's just, it, it feels that way. I mean, yeah. enjoy him now. Enjoy him. Enjoy I, I, him. I think, the, I think the, one, the one guy he's going to have to think lo- hard about is, is Schwarber, though, because at, at the end of the day, he, boy, he slots in nicely to uh, the DH role when JD's out. He's been a difference maker. I love, by the way, that when the trade deadline went down and all, a lot of our conversations revolved around, gosh, we should have got Rizzo. Feels like we got the lesser of the two Cubs who were available, even though Schwarber wasn't on the Cubs at that point. And, and look at that. Rizzo's on his couch and Schwarber's hitting grand slams. Yep. But I, here's what I, here's where I was at. <laughs> I wanted both. Mm, there you go. Cause defensively, I defensively, wanted both. Yeah. I wanted mm-hmm. both. Mm-hmm. I wanted both. I mean, at that point in time, Dahlbeck was really struggling. Mm. And so I, 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 you know, I didn't think it was too outrageous to think that you could think about getting both. Well, it's worked out. Okay. That we've gotten the one. It would be nice yeah. to have Rizzo's glove at first base, and that that would be nice. That's one issue that 
seems to rear its head every once in a while. Not in these 12 to 3 games, thankfully. We haven't had to worry about that. But because Dalbeck, I, I, I give Dalbeck credit. I mean, he's a pretty athletic guy, right? I mean, at the end of the day, and he, but he's still kind of learning first base too. Whereas you could have slotted literally, uh, you know, a, a gold glover at first, which I do think makes a difference. I, I, I might be low in opinion uh, on that, but I, I, I think, I think it does. I think it does. Defense wins championships, Bill. And typically there'll be some game, I'm sure, that'll be like three to two and there'll be a, either a routine fly ball down the right field line that he's going to have to backtrack on or so, something as simple as just making a pick play at first and you'd feel a little more confident if it was and, uh, someone that knew that position a little better than Kyle does. Hey, as long <laughs> as it ricochets off of you and goes into the bullpen. There you- <laughs> I think you're good. Oh man. All right. So, Hey, not for this, not for this one. I know we're closing it right now, but Spurs are head of Manchester United somehow. I, I have no idea. And it's just, it's amazing when you talk about stacking, it's amazing when you stack two threes together, what can happen early in the season, back-to-back wins. You, it look, it's a whole different outcome versus even the tie and a loss, like in two games, it makes a huge or difference. Or, or two exactly. ties. You know what I mean? You're, let's just say, and, and that's really what happened last year. It was like up 2-1 or up one nothing. Late goal, you get away with, it's one point. And all of a sudden, you got one point, one point. You got two instead of six. And all of a sudden, now you find yourself climbing the table. It's incredible. They're in fifth place. You're in that coveted Europa League spot right now. Look out. A lot of season left. We got to do the conference first. (laughs) (laughs) One step at a time. So awesome. Bill, you're the best. Big thanks to Bill Chaves. Big thanks to our producer, Cassie Niles. Uh, uh, Just a fun fun time with you and the athletics going on. So get out, support the teams that are home this weekend. Last couple chances to catch some of those fall sports as they wind down the home portion of their seasons. Enjoy homecoming, everybody. And we'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 